0: Welcome to the Wellcast. Life is messy. We're here to help you sort it out. We are back with the second episode in our series on intimacy with God through prayer and through scripture. Today is scripture with Mike Sladen, and I'm here with a different Mike. Mike Sarasone, what's up, buddy? Yeah,
1: he's good-looking Mike. I'm Bald Mike.
0: And I was surrounded by mics at one point.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of mics and microphones. I mean, it was just a lot of mics. In so many room. mics, yeah. and
0: where's Ike? Yeah. <laughs>
1: okay, right.
0: that's all I have to say.
1: Right. Well, Jordan, it's good to be here, man. I'm excited to put this episode out there and mm-hmm. let people hear about really a topic that's really important to me.
0: Yeah, so we had a discussion earlier, and you described it as a soapbox, but I would say something that you're passionate about because you have been deeply transformed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I come from a background that's really a check the boxes, read the Bible, try and be in it seven days a week, and if you don't, you probably should feel bad about yourself.
0: And we even heard Brad talk about that mode, right, and how he was trained in the Bible. Sure,
1: and I think you know, there's a lot of good things that can come out of that, but one Mm -hmm. of the bad things is you actually feel defeated every time you go three days without being in the Word. Which is very possible. Yeah, it's very very normal. Even as a
2: pastor. Yeah, it's normal.
1: And I would say the other downside to it, which I think I experienced in even a greater way, is you really try to check off the boxes. So you're reading the Bible, but you're not growing in your intimacy with God, which is the goal of reading your Bible. And so one thing that I've tried to do as of late, maybe the last year or so, is really try to slow drip the Bible really try, if I'm going to read, I'm going to read a paragraph. And I'm going to ask a ton of questions of that text. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit and ask, what does it have to do with my life? And sometimes I'm even going to journal about the text because I think it's more important that the Bible gets through us and produces life change and intimacy with God than for us to, to say, I read through the Bible in a year.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm interested in like how you changed. You know, was there like a, a realization for you or a moment in time?
1: Well, I think it, it happened for me in that I was starting to feel guilty.
0: You felt like a lingering sense of guilt all the time?
1: Yeah, it was like, you know, here I am a pastor. Well, Brad
0: described it as like, I just never fully felt like God was fully pleased with me. Because yeah. there was never enough.
1: Yeah, because, you know... At what point is there enough Bible intake? If you're supposed to check the boxes, at what point is there enough boxes? Mm. I, I read it for an hour a day. Is that enough? Yeah. I read for two hours a day. Is that yeah? Enough?
0: Who's even creating these boxes? Yeah,
1: and I realized that God doesn't want stuff from me. He wants stuff for me, and what he wanted for me is for me to slow down and be with him. It was really a, a beautiful understanding of why God gave us Scripture in the first place to reveal himself to his creation.
0: So you let go at some point of this idea that you had to know everything and you entered into, Hey, how do I know the author,
1: yeah. So I'm a, I'm an achiever by nature, and so you know I enter into God's word the way I enter into everything else uh, with the idea of like I have to accomplish something. I let's have to win, achieve, yeah. Let's, yeah, I'm gonna win. I'm the gonna Bible. win this Bible reading plan, <laughs> and you know it's no secret I, I've said it in other places. I'm not a big fan of Bible reading plans. They don't work for me. First of all, I get through Leviticus and I'm done. Right, mm-hmm. and not that Leviticus isn't really important. Yeah, but it's just you. Get five days where you don't have any Bible reading, and all of a sudden you have to start over.
0: Yeah. If I'm honest, I'm the same way. And I think something I'm passionate about is that most of the time you start a Bible reading plan, and it's because you feel like you need to be in the Word more. Yeah. But I would say the starting point for a person who wants to understand the Bible better is not to read some of the most ancient texts that exist in the Bible being Genesis. Right. I think we as Jesus people, as Christians, followers of Jesus, slaves to Christ as Paul takes it or says it, we need to start with Jesus. Right. And if the whole Bible is a story that leads up to him, we need to be well acquainted with who he is and his view on Scripture and then move out from there. It's only as we put on those Jesus glasses that we can then put on the whole of Scripture glasses and understand it all through him. And obviously, the Holy Spirit illuminates it for us supernaturally. I think that's sort of the faith aspect of the Bible, you know, almost like when we were talking through prayer, you know, you saying like, hey, it takes some faith basically to understand that prayer is good for me because you don't know how mechanically it works with God, yeah. I think it takes some faith to understand these ancient texts, but there are things we can do.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a good segue because I, I think what I'm hoping people get out of this is somebody who's sitting there going, Let, much like I did, all I do is read the Bible. Yeah. And I don't our, get, our
0: language has been read or study. Yeah. You
1: know? And all I do is read the Bible and I don't get much out of it, but I'm I'm faithfully reading words every day.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, are you proud of me, Dad? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I did my, my chores.
1: Yeah, right. My hope is that as our listeners listen to Mike share, that they're getting really practical ideas on what to look for as they read their Bible. Mm-hmm. He's going to talk about the idea of, what if you just read one proverb and contemplated across a week what that had to do with your life? That's a huge shift from yeah. trying to get through the Bible in a year, but in a lot of ways, it will leave a longer lasting impact on your relationship with God. And I think that's really the gold there. We're excited for you to hear this episode with Mike Sladen on experiencing intimacy with God through the study of his word. So check it out. Well, we are here with Mike Sladen. Mike is uh, one of the teaching pastors here and our equipping pastor at the well. And uh, we're grateful for you joining us, man. Welcome.
2: Thanks, man. Good to be here.
1: Uh, as we talk about this topic of really intimacy with God through the study of His Word, I know a lot of people mix up the word study and the word read, right? So some we have a culture, it's present here in our church, but across the country, really, where we have this desire to, to read through the Bible. Bible reading plans are all the rage. If, if I can read through the Bible in two years, great. Maybe next year I'll try and get through it in a year. Maybe I can do it in six months. And the culture really becomes how do I get through the Bible in the shortest amount of time? And I'm convicted, and I know you share this conviction, that that's not the purpose of us spending time in God's Word. So what's the difference between reading to get through the Bible and reading so that the Bible gets through us?
2: Yeah, it's a good, good distinction. I think part of the, the struggle for me is I think through that, like nowhere in the Bible do you see that you're supposed to read the Bible every day, Nowhere in the Bible to use... And this is going to sound heretical from the get-go, and I'll hopefully clarify that it's not. Yeah. But that's... Why is that the end goal? Who, who said that that was the appropriate goal, right? So, they
1: didn't even have the Bible to read, Exactly.
2: Right? Now, that being said, you cannot have a abiding, growing relationship with God if you don't know who He is. He's revealed Himself to us in His Word, so the Word has to be a part of that, that diet, but... For that to be the end goal is just is simply, I is think, like a mess. It's just not where we need to wind up. So there's a point to read and just in, in studying being a different thing. But I think the end goal of that is for the Bible, as you said, read us. And to do that, there has to be more of a depth and intentionality about what that process looks like.
1: So how did that process play out in your life? Like, how did you go from somebody who was a new Christian to actually somebody who loves Diving in and spending time in God's word.
2: I think for those of you guys that don't know my story, I came to Christ in college. So I grew up as kind of the Christmas Easter kid and we call
1: creasters.
2: I, I like creasters. I was a <laughs> creaster. That literally the pastor was like, At Easter, see you at Christmas. And I'm like, oh yeah, 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 see you again. Yeah. I like Eastmas. Eastmas. <laughs> I like that. That works too. Yeah.
1: Whatever we call it, I was also one of
2: them. <laughs> I remember this guy at times like Teaching from the Sunday morning comics. Like that was the sermon for the day.
1: Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah,
2: yeah. Or whatever was on the docket, whatever he yeah. had studied that morning from the newspaper. And that, that was my experience. Yeah, top so,
0: ten list or something. Yeah. All kinds of
2: shenanigans. It just was like, man, what is this? I remember sitting through church, just thinking about glazed donuts. I can get to the glazed donuts. That was my goal to mm-hmm. get through that hour beating. That that's what it felt like to me. And when I got to college, the Lord found me in a fraternity my freshman year at the University of North Texas. I got plugged into an unbelievable church. Green green. That's right. But I watched a guy from the pulpit just handle the Word, and I watched how the Bible began to transform my life, and it came from a guy that had done faithful study of the Word and was simply teaching what he was learning. From both that perspective, and then I ran into a guy that had come from Fresno, California, out there to go to seminary, a guy by the name of Brad Bell, who started discipling me, spending time with me. Yeah, his (laughs) name should sound familiar to some of us. And he started doing the same with me as well, like teaching me the things that he was learning in his own personal study, the things that he was learning in a discipleship program that he was going through that we modeled our residency program after. And these things were affecting and changing my life. The things that I was learning was applicable to me immediately as a guy who was trying to put the wheels on his faith, in a fraternity, trying to walk with God, trying to be what I wasn't before, trying to you know be moral and honor God with my life and my sexuality and all of these things. And watching other people study and teach the Word in a way that was impactful to me was was revolutionary. So it wasn't just some document that I was trying to get through. It was, it was an, an instruction book for my life.
1: You saw the value in that. But how did that process grow your love for God and for His Word?
2: Yeah, I think as we talk about, like for me, I I think in the culture that I grew up in, there was an assumption that the authority of God was already in the Word. So I I never needed to be convinced that this was authoritative. Mm. It really needs to start there, though, right? So as we talk about Bible study in general, it has to begin with, this book is or isn't authoritative. And if it isn't to you, then study of it doesn't matter. It, It carries no weight in your life. In the culture that we live in now, with everything being canceled, everything being deconstructed, we've removed a lot of the authority of a lot of things in our lives, the Mm -hmm. Bible being significantly one of them. So really, Bible study methods or studying your Bible starts at that point where we've got to now convince people, no, God has spoken to us, and He's spoken through His Word. The Word itself testifies to that, and that's where it needs to begin. And I think once we have kind of a right understanding of Scripture and the authority behind it, then we need to move towards kind of a right posture of Scripture. Like, okay, if it is that, then this is what I'm looking to to guide every area of my life. You know, the Bible doesn't speak to every area of life, but it gives us all the wisdom and knowledge that we need to navigate the world, and that needs to be my number one priority because that's how God has revealed himself. So if it carries that kind of weight, that needs to be the primary place I'm going to navigate my morality, my marriage, my friendships, like everything I do is going through the filter of the Word of God.
0: Yeah, that's so good. I remember Tim Keller, who is kind of a mentor of mine from afar, he talked about what it's like to preach in a postmodern world, but I think study in general is associated with this, and talking about how you know our culture used to be, if you go to church, the pastor used to say, listen to me, trust me, and here's what God has to say for your life. And then now, objective truth or objectivity in a subjective world, like you just said, now we have to say, well, okay, you don't trust me. How do you then trust the word? Mm. Was there a sort of an aha moment for you where you said, like, sat in the, I don't know, pews or chairs and said, like, wow, I think I've been kind of ingesting milk. And now in Paul's words, I need meat.
2: I think as I saw it begin to show up in my life in ways that were transformative, that's what it was. So I, I came with the assumption that it was authoritative. So I don't think I needed to be convinced that it wasn't or that it was. I, I, I kind of had that leaning already. But again, I think being older, that may have been a, a blessing that I have not being part of that culture as much as it is present today. It wasn't as present, I think, during my time in my schooling in a secular university. But as it began messing with my life and showing me ways that were life transformative, I think that was probably the the aha moment for me.
0: Yeah, you saw the power of the word played out and God proving himself through your life.
2: Yeah, and I saw God pinning me in areas. Like, you know, Romans six and seven and eight talking about, you know, what it means to be like free from sin and, and still wrestling with okay, I've I've been free from power of it, but I'm still wrestling with its presence. I still yeah. want to do the things that I don't want to do. The fleshly, As Paul said. The yeah. I'm like, that's wrestle, yeah. that's me. Like that's the life that I'm living. Like I'm trying to walk with God. I'm struggling to walk with God. I really want to do things that my body wants to do and yet I know they're not right. Like how do I and the Bible was pegging me. I'm like, okay, that's me. Well what's the solution to that? Well Paul writes that as well. So as I was walking out those times, the Word of God was speaking into my life as it was reading me. Like, Mike, I know you. I know your tendencies. I know your flesh. I'm like, I'm pegged. I'm dead. And I need need wisdom that I don't have.
0: And we just talked through how, you know, Brad, and I'm assuming it's Tommy or whoever else at that church that you're at, had shown you and given you and fed you. So when did that transition happen where Mike learned to feed himself?
2: Hmm. Yeah, I think that's, in a lot of ways, one of the most difficult transitions we make from, you know, being like little birds that are pointing to our mouths all the time, waiting for mama or dad to feed us, right, yeah. to then mm-hmm. we begin learning and growing and studying on our own. And that's
0: a hard thing as a pastor, too, you know? Like, a lot, you hear people like, oh, I'm not fed, I'm not fed. And it's like, man, well, can we pick up a fork at some point and feed ourselves? Like, what? Well, when I does think that the, happen?
1: the goal of this episode is really to encourage people to start to look into what it looks like to feed
2: themselves.
0: Yeah, If they haven't been already. Yeah, so what was that process like for you?
2: I think again. I just I was in an environment where the Word of God was just so profoundly taught and honored that I realized, man, that's that's the key to life. So mm-hmm. as I'm as I'm seeing that modeled, I started doing it. So with baby steps of just reading it on my own.
0: Were you a part of that residency program?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure
0: that had a lot to do with Absolutely. the way that you pulled apart scripture.
2: Now that was probably five years after I came to Christ, though. Okay. So it was after college. So I came to Christ my freshman year, uh, but that was modeled in our Bible studies. It was modeled in our college ministry. So as I started just being a part of it, that was the as we talk about it, the well you're going to feel the whirlpool at your back and kind of elbows hitting you if you're not in the flow, right? That, that was the tendency of people to say, "Listen, this is what's life giving. This is God's word to us, and that's that's what we're about." So I think as I began to to read on my own and learn what it was to walk with the Lord and, and read the Word first of all, and then let it read me, and then and study from there, like that, that process was just normative in that environment, and I slowly began to ebb my way into that. So I mean,
0: I think this is something maybe I didn't think about, but maybe one thing that is super important for your prioritization of Scripture is evaluating the community you have and your community's priority of Scripture, and how your community is formed by the Word of God will affect your formation.
1: Yeah, Jordan, I think that's a good point, man. I think we need to surround ourselves with people who recognize the authority of God's Word in their life because it will spur us on to also recognize that authority and act accordingly. I think, you know, one thing that I'm hoping is that we can establish an understanding of reading scripture, which is really just the idea that we're going to sit down with 15 minutes with nothing, no aids or helpful resources, read through the Bible, and then close our Bible, and then move on, and then the next morning we open it up for 15 minutes, and we don't really take the time to get into the text and my hope is that we take
0: that and like a come. checking the box
1: yeah checking the box right so as christians this is what we're supposed to do we're supposed
0: to read yeah. the bible and we're supposed to pray and then i the did this day, thing today god's happy moving on yeah and i think that
1: there's more important things than just reading the bible you know like you said at the beginning that may sound like heresy but i'm not saying you should settle for less than that i'm saying that god wants more out yeah. of your time with him and so what would you say to someone who is hearing me say that and is going, I, I want to get more time out or more out of my time with God. I just don't know where to start. Mm. What would you say to them?
2: I think it starts with, obviously, the, the idea that it is authoritative. And, and I think one of the things we see it modeled so well is in Scripture. Here's a couple of Psalms. And just listen to how the psalmist speaks of the authority of God and the value of the Word of God in their life, Right. Psalm 119, 103, How sweet are your words to my taste, Yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. You get the idea that this isn't something that the psalmist read, moved on, closed his tablet or whatever he was reading from, and just moved on. This was something that he, he read, he processed, like a cow, he chewed the cud. He brought it up again. He's he's mulling on it and thinking about it. It's it's in and in his life. And if to know it at that level, you've got to you've got to dig deep. What does that word mean? What is what is the author trying to say? What's being conveyed here? What am I missing? Why is this being written to me? If I have a tendency in the other direction, why is this admonition here? So there's a sense of the value of the Word of God is so high that. This is the guiding light, and through a lot of different psalms, we could mention a bunch of them. You see that that heart posture to say, "I want to dig deeper to understand the word because it will affect my life." And that's just that's the posture that I saw modeled in my college ministry. I see it modeled in the Word, and I see the authors of Scripture saying, "This is life-giving in this way, like nothing else is." So that that is our motivation to get into it and study it.
1: Well, I guess what I'm getting at. Also, is what's the practical steps? So somebody's convinced. Yep. Like I know, I know the Bible's authoritative. I know that God wants more out of my time. What What's the practical step? So how does Mike Sladen go about Bible study versus Bible reading? Yeah.
2: So there's a gazillion different ways to do it. Here's Here's what I was taught by a guy by the name of Howard Hendricks, one of our prophets at Dallas Theological Seminary. Name that a lot drop. Of folks that guy's also amazing. Kind of, alliteration. Alliteration's pretty cool. There yeah. you go.
0: Yeah, Brad Bell, Howard Hendricks. I don't know.
2: There you go. <laughs> So he, he kind of breaks Bible study methods, or hermeneutics is the fancy seminary term if you want to use it, into kind of three big picture areas, observation, interpretation, and application. And observing is simply that. As you're reading the text, you're asking questions. What do I see? What is there? What stands out? You're asking the, the questions that we all learned in fifth grade English, like who, what, when, where, why. You're, you're mm-hmm. making observations about... Who is the author? What's the setting? What's the author saying? Is there a command? Is there something that I need to obey? Like what's being said in the text? Of the whole process, that's probably 75% of it, of spending a ton of time there studying what the author is trying to communicate. From there, you move to interpretation. Like what does this mean? Like what was the author's intent? What were they trying to say? What did the original hearer understand that to be? So is the person who received the letter of 1 Corinthians, what did they understand Paul's letter to them meaning? What was the tone and what what was the purpose of it being written? And then you take those things and move them to application. So how does this apply to my life? So how does this document that's 2,000 years old or 4,000 years old, how do I apply that today? I'm not Abraham or whatever, So, but their life and their story and their, the Word of God regarding it affects my life and I need to apply it. So those were kind of the the big picture like categories that we work through, observation, interpretation, application. What do you see? What does it mean? And then how does it fit in your life? And again, there's an entire book that he wrote on that that called Living by the Book if folks are interested that can walk through in yeah, great we'll, detail.
0: We'll throw that. that in the in the show notes. That we it's a new edition for us. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> well, hopefully. Yeah. If we can figure it out. Someday. So I sit down with a lot of students and you know, a lot of them, this is sort of like the beginning of their journey in mm-hmm. the word. And one of my biggest sort of admonitions for them is, hey, man, if you really want to understand scripture, first, you have to admit that it's hard sometimes. Mm. It is an ancient book, not written to you at first, but God made this scripture. And so through that, it is for you. And you're not going to understand it just by reading it like you would your teeny weeny novel, right? Yep, (laughs) And so you have to be curious Mm. it's i think the most essential thing to actual bible study is curiosity Mm. because you could just kind of read it to just okay blah 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 this is that this is that as a deer pants by the water all right nice that's cool my soul thirsts for you yeah i think we can all kind of gather that thing but Mm -hmm. well what's that deer right Mm. what does that Mm. mean where is david Mm. in that place does that have significance how do i understand that better how do I get deeper in my understanding of God through that and his provision of those things? And like my connection to you. And so like i was just wondering if you can kind of speak into if somebody's like, all right, well, how do I start to be curious? And and how do I get into the word? What are some like very practical steps to start moving forward? within those categories. Yeah,
2: Jordan, that's a great... I mean, I, I, I agree with you. Like, that that quality of I want to dig and I'm curious about what the text says is so important. And and frankly, and I think you do it too when you teach, but one of the things that I aim to do when I teach is to show people that process that's happened in me. Like, here are the aha moments that I had while studying. Like, I saw, oh, this is what the deer is. And this is the, the information. This is what excites me. And, and hopefully that what they hear in me and the rest of us as communicators and Mike as well, that like, We're doing that, and we're energized and fired up by that, and just as geeked out and excited about the things that we're learning from the Word uh, as well. So, But I think in a lot of ways it starts where reading does. It's opening the Bible and just asking the questions, like not just reading to check the box mindlessly and going, okay, God's happy with me because I read a chapter today. Like, what? Like He already loves you. You're good, right? You're his his child. Read it to know him. I, I think that the perspective of how you would read a a document from a long lost loved one. Like if my wife was overseas and couldn't communicate via technology and I was going to get a letter in the mail from her once a year, I'd read that different. I'd mm-hmm. read it repeatedly. I would read it slowly. I'd read it privately. I'd read it with intention. I would mull over it. And, and if we don't have that perspective on the Word, then it's just going to be something we get through. It's going to be like a recipe book that we're just trying to flip through to get all the stuff out of the way and get the eggs in and make the cake and be done with it. But that, that's not the goal. And we have to approach it again. To, for me, it all goes back to, what is the Word of God to you? Is it just some random book that's there for whatever that holds no authority? Then you're going to treat it as such. But if it really does change lives, as the psalmist says, that he hid it in his heart so that he could walk with God, man, then it needs to have that kind of oomph in our life as well. So it starts from that posture. And then when you begin to have those aha moments and celebrate those, I mean, here's what I saw. Here's what God's Word is doing. Here's how treasuring the Word of God in my heart is helping me with my sin nature and battle against sin and those sorts of things. Then you realize, man, this is actually working. Like, this is helpful. God's not crazy. Uh, There's a reason He said to do those things. So I think it starts by reading with with that perspective and just asking great questions of the text.
0: We're kind of talking in a two-part series right now about how prayer and Bible reading, Scripture reading, creates intimacy with God. And so, um, I mean, that is the goal, right? Ultimately, you are reading God's Word to know God better. Not just know facts about God, yeah. but those things should inspire that. Can you speak at all to that and how that heart would develop?
2: Absolutely. I, The, the, the end goal is important, right? We need to understand that 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 is the end goal, right? For God to to do a work in us and for us to know him. So the reason I read the love letter from my wife isn't to fall in love with the letter, it's to fall in love with my wife. Mm -hmm. And that helps me understand who she is, her nature and her character. But it comes from a heart that wants to know my bride. And in the same way, uh, the Bible is that. like This is God's revealed document to us. So if we understand what God has done on our behalf in, in terms of salvation in Christ and what he has rescued us from, the weight of our sin and how much he has done on our behalf, then when he's revealed himself through his word to us, I have a desire to know Him because I understand how far into the pit He had to reach to get me out of it and what I could not do on my own. So that creates in me a motivation. So that's what fuels, in a lot of way, my journey, right? And there are days like everybody else, and I'm like, I don't want to read the Word today, and I'm not gonna. And uh, there's times that I have that as well, often, right? But there is a sense that I'm constantly reminded of what my God has done on my behalf, and I want to know him more deeply through his word. So it, to me, it continues to go back to that posture of heart of what am I trying to accomplish with this? So God's not any more or less pleased with me because I read the word today or yeah. I didn't. He well, and just me.
0: like prayer, why are you praying? Why are you reading? Asking that question of yourself is so important. Yeah. And if somebody has like, you know, Mike, that's great. I have four kids under 10, <laughs> i.e. Mike Sersani and I'm not a pastor, none like him. I got 10 minutes every day, if that. Where do they start?
2: Keep it small. Keep it simple. What if it was just a proverb, one proverb, one verse? And what if you read one verse a week and just meditated on it and just thought about it? What if you took a psalm and said, Lord, what did it look like for the psalmist to hide his word in your heart? Why did he do that? And just to think about that. Is is that... Does that get me to the same place that reading a ton of Scripture does? I mean, I would argue in a lot of ways with that posture, with that curiosity, mm-hmm. to say, Lord, help me with this. Is, is that true of me? And just to mull on that for a week, I would argue in a lot of ways, that's far more profitable yeah. if my goal yeah. is to walk with the Lord and Him to do a work in me. You know what, Lord? No, I wrestle with that. and I, My life doesn't look like the psalmist here, and I, I need to reconcile that. How do I reconcile that? isn't that better but I've gone through a lot less of the Bible it's going to take me seven years to read it all that way as opposed to a year but well letting
0: the word transform you is a lot more valuable than the person that's not transformed but can recount to you the three missionary journeys of Paul
2: and, and probably honestly that's dangerous right because you have a head knowledge without a heart connection and that is that's bad. All the time, right? But Jesus
0: was pretty clear yeah. about who those people were. Good
2: for you for spanking everybody in Bible trivia, Pharisees. That's not helpful. That's not yeah. the end goal. white You completely teams. missed it, right? Absolutely. And what I hear you
1: saying, too, is just on a practical level, it's more about the quality of time than the quantity of time, or the quality of the amount of text you read or the time you spend in it versus the quantity of text. So really, we're talking about slow dripping through the Bible and not trying to rush it.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: I think one of the questions that I wanted to ask you is like, this is, this is really good training for somebody who's listening that wants to maybe take what you're saying and incorporate it into their own life. As a father of four girls, how did you pass this on to your girls? How did you invest in your daughters so that they had the same love of scripture uh, that you have? How did you teach them to study God's word instead of just to read to get through it?
2: I've never taught my girls how to study God's word. Uh, I hope what Michelle and I both have done is show that the Word of God is daily influencing us and that we talk about it. Like yeah. We're just talking about what I'm learning, what God's teaching me, our sin natures, as they're seeing Dad apologize again for something he did wrong, that the Spirit is working on him to humble himself and ask for forgiveness. Like Those are the things that we wanted to put out there. Uh, I never sat down with my kids and said, here are the three steps to Bible study methods, yeah. and like we just we never did that, right? And if they get that, they get. If they don't, they don't. What I want them to have is an abiding, fruitful, abundant relationship with the Lord. That's transformative, and that hopefully is what they arrived at at the end of their time in our home.
1: Yeah. So you're just faithfully setting an example of what it looks like to walk with the Lord. I love that, man. Well, Mikey, I'm really grateful that you're here. I'm grateful that you came and talked to us about such an important topic, and I'm hopeful that anybody who's listening has been stirred to examine their Bible intake. What is it their goal? Is it to get through the Bible or is it to allow God's Word to transform their lives and develop intimacy with Him? One quick shout out, man, because I'm grateful for residency here at The Well. My wife is going through it. If you're wondering how to study your Bible, if you're looking for opportunities to get better, I would say jump into residency in the fall. Be a part of that. Mike and some of my uh, campus pastor teammates, here are going to teach through the Bible verse by verse, and so you're going to get a good understanding of that. Uh, Mikey, thanks for being here, man. We've loved our time.
2: My pleasure. Thank
0: you for listening to this episode of The Wellcast. As always, don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends about us. For more information about The Well Community Church, visit thewellcommunity.org.